All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Fan Speculation. My name is CJ Palmasano. I'm your host for this, well, every episode, just about. And join with me this evening, this morning, this this day, this dusk, dawn, wherever the fuck you listen to us, is uh, another good buddy of mine, returning guest, Pat Rono. What's going on, man? Good to have you back. Good to be back. How are you doing, Siege? I'm, 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 bro, I'm tired. <laughs> I was telling you off mic, dude, I am fucking tired. Um, thanks for coming in, filling in here for, uh, for Vinny. Um, man, like, Vinny owes a lot of people a lot of favors. Like, he owes you favors. He owes our, our good buddy Andreas favors. He owes, uh, my, my buddy and former guest Joe, fa- like, he owes a lot of people some fucking favors. Yeah, so, when so it, I'll so, send him, I'll send him my Venmo and, uh, <laughs> thing is, like, that's what we'll do. Because I, I like everybody who I've mentioned all live like in different parts of the country, so it's like I, it's like I'm like shit. I like oh, what the fuck's going on, with people? Like I know I always feel bad asking, but I, I did mess. Oh uh, no, we make it happen, man. Yeah, make it happen. I messaged you a few it's days easy. ago. You were you were cool to come on, uh, and all this is also to kind of make up and apologize to you on the podcast because you were on an episode we did a few weeks ago, but I was having trouble getting the audio up. So now you are back, and honestly, that episode probably won't go up only because at the time it just doesn't make any sense to put it out now but we're still gonna have a lot of fun here uh rest assured Vinny's not going anywhere he's just a busy guy man he's working hard and he's trying to make some money right now so that doesn't mean the podcast stops so uh this week we're gonna be talking about a few things uh mainly we're gonna be talking about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever official trailer all the hidden little easter egg well not all but most of the hidden easter eggs some theories were going into it what how it could play out uh just the the awesome imagery we saw in that trailer. Uh, and we're going to be talking, uh, hopefully we have some time, a little bit about some Wolverine and Deadpool theories, but to be honest, I don't know. I just mentioned it now just in case I forget later. Uh, but th- first thing first, we're going to kick off with uh, the latest episode of She-Hulk, episode 8. So, uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to say, I, I kind of ranted about She-Hulk a little bit last week, that um, you know the show was really starting to drag for me at like episode 5 and 6. Um, and some people, you guys may have not been enjoying this at all for the uh, duration of this show, but Daredevil saved it for me. Uh, Charlie Cox turned as Matt, Mur- uh, not only Matt Murdock uh, in She-Hulk, but he made his debut as Daredevil in the MCU. It was a fun time seeing uh, these two characters interact. They had great chemistry, the two actors. Uh, the episode, honestly, is my favorite episode, and it's not just because of the Daredevil stuff. It's just this episode really felt like a lot was going on because I'll get to what your thoughts and opinions of in a sec pad but to me the show is just it's it's eight episodes in and now I'm really sinking my teeth into it that's that's not a good sign in my personal opinion uh but what did you think of uh this episode pat and and what is your opinion on the progression of the she-hulk show thus far before we reach the last episode next week uh I totally understand where you're coming from because the last two were kind of you know, like Bill, it felt like filler. And whenever, you know, there's only a certain amount of episodes left and it's almost, you don't want them to rush a season finale because if it's too much happening and like, okay, well, we had two episodes to, you know, just goof around. I feel you on that. It's not necessarily a good thing, but this episode, you know, it really tied it in for me. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of action and a lot of, like you said, we were going to talk about a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of foreshadowing for what's to come. I think so. so I, de- I definitely oh, enjoyed it. Yeah. Let me cut you off there. This 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 is what happens with the perks of doing a podcast on the internet. You can't physically see somebody, so you accidentally cut them off sometimes. <laughs> oh no, you're good. It happens. You're it good. it happens. Um, but yeah, I I um I mean. I'm sure you, like myself, were you know big fans of the the Daredevil Netflix series, and I'm sure a lot of people were concerned about the um, about Daredevil coming into uh, the MCU and you know being him and She-Hulk. And when as time went on, um, I will say uh, some of the best stuff in this episode. Like I think one of the best scenes in general was the um, was the um, the the hearing. And when um, I can't remember the uh, the stylist, the guy who makes the superhero suits, um, when he comes in, Luke Jacobson, uh, what's his name? Luke Jacobson. That's it, Luke Jacobson. That's it. You are right. I know his first name is for sure, Luke. Um, but yes, uh, She Hulk is going to be representing, uh, I guess, Frogman. 
you know, grip it and rip it. He was just kind of a <laughs> leapfrog. Stu- leapfrog. That's it. That's a leapfrog. Uh, he's just kind of a stupid character. Uh, he comes in. He's trying to stop bad guys, and then he says his his superhero suit, which was completely flame proof, um, didn't. Uh, it, it. He just. He got third degree burns or whatever. He's trying to sue Luke. She Hulk goes over there and is trying to sue him. She said, "My my costumes are perfect." I am perfect. Like, there's no way. And then he gets all catty and is like, what? You'll never, what's that? You'll never make something else for S.H.I.E.L.D. again. They get pissed. Matt Murdock is Luke's lawyer because we saw in an earlier episode that the Daredevil helmet was sticking wide out in the open in a box, in an open box. One thing that's very, that that I found very, very interesting was when they're in the middle of the hearing, uh, She-Hulk recommended that we should hear from some of Luke's clients that are superheroes that made clothing for, uh, from uh, from him. And Matt Murdock pointed out that doing this would be, would be very dangerous to the superheroes and their secret identities as their enemies if in the hearing in a public court, uh, they could hear about it and go after their friends and loved ones. And one very crucial piece of information is that he said the Sokovia Accords have been appealed. We've kind of wondered what the whole deal with the Sokovia Accords were since post-Civil War, you know, going into Infinity War and Endgame and all these years later. It's nice to know that we now have clarity that the Sokovia Accords are are, are gone. Uh, what were they again for the refresher? The Sokovia Accords? Okay, sure, yeah. no problem. For those of you who don't remember, the Sokovia Accords was pretty much the whole... Uh, plot line of Captain America Civil War. It was um, it was essentially superheroes had to register with the government uh, to no long no longer work without uh, with outside the confines of the law. If they were going to fight crime, then they had to do it, uh, you know, under the, the law's supervision. So, so that's why you know superheroes like you know we saw Iron Man, Black Panther, Vision. Uh, Black Widow, and I can't remember who else. Uh, Spider Man too on uh Team Iron Man, where you had Captain America's team consisting of Hawkeye, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, uh Falcon, and Ant Man, uh in that epic airport scene uh in Civil War. So there was a lot going on there. Pretty much, yeah, you had to register your name with the government, uh, and you had to essentially give up your secret identity, um to be a superhero. And if you weren't, then you were legal. You were, you either had to retire. If you didn't retire and you kept doing that, then you would be uh, a criminal essentially. Um, there's more to go into that another time. And if you really want to learn more about the whole civil war story from the comic book, it's similar. Uh, it, it's, it's probably my favorite Marvel comic and I highly recommend anybody less uh, reading it, but, but yes, that's essentially it. Essentially it. Yeah, um, I understand so essentially, cap- heroes like Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, even Black Widow, because she turns on Team Iron Man at the end of the movie uh, to help uh, Bucky and Captain America go to the go to Russia to find out more about the other super soldiers, the Winter Soldiers, other Winter Soldiers, I should say. Um, you know, that's why we saw like in Infinity War, we saw Cap, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision were seeing each other secretly. Black Widow, Falcon, you know, they were all, you know, for two years they had to be on the run and they couldn't really be heroes, um, uh, you know, in, out in the public. So it's a big thing that people have wondered what is, well, are the Sokovia Accords even a thing anymore? Does it even matter anymore? And now that that question has been answered is because the Sokovia Accords are have been appealed. Why they've been appealed? I'm not really sure, but I have to imagine it's because the Avengers stopped Thanos from destroying the universe, uh, destroying the world. And when he killed all half a living life, you know, bring everybody back. Um, as we go on through the episode, we see that, uh, just how good of an, of a lawyer Matt Murdock is as well. He smells, the fuel. So, what kind of fuel did you use, Mister? I can't remember the guy's name. Because I used oh, ty, uh, super whatever jet fuel. Use jet fuel. Use jet fuel. <laughs> and Luke goes, "I specifically told you in my instructions to not use jet fuel with that suit." And that's how the court case 
never happened and the hearing got thrown out because the judge ruled in favor of Luke saying if the if the defendant uh, no if the uh not defendant I I, I don't know <laughs> the defendant is one being yeah. sued um if the prosecution I guess I just say uh, if the prosecution did not specifically follow instructions given by the defendant, then I have to rule in favor of the defendant. So that happens there, and then he gets kidnapped, this kid, while She-Hulk goes to see Creepy Todd again. He got a Wakandan spear. He's trying to make this a day, and she's like, uh-uh, nope, no way, not doing this. Uh, that guy, what a creep. I that mean, we'll, part where he was, he goes, I got it for a milli. And he goes, it means a million. He's like, yeah, I'm she aware. Goes, yeah, I got that. I got that. It's like, like that, dude, it's that what weird, a, what a tool. <laughs> that weird, awkward silence of just her staring at him like, yeah, and your point. <laughs> like, uh, you know, he, he's definitely killing that role because I'm like, yo, you're keeping, you're, you're giving me creepy vibes. Like, there's no need to be this cringe, but you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the character itself, the actor who's doing the the character is doing a great job, and he's he's playing the role perfectly. Um, but as we see as the episode goes on, this the kid who is you know leapfrog, he kidnaps Luke, and then Daredevil is going after him. We see that She Hulk and Daredevil get into a fight. Uh, prior to that, we see Matt Murdock and uh, Jennifer Walters in a bar together, and Jennifer Walters really feeling him. They get into a big thing. They fight all these bad guys. Really, really great stuff. There's the Daredevil Easter eggs where the the Netflix series music was playing in the episode. Um, I got to say, I, I love this episode. Uh, she Hulk and you know Jen and Matt Murdock also hook up too, so it's you know hopefully that's one good guy. And honestly, I didn't mind it because like. I have in notes here that I wrote and I sent to you. Like I think Charlie Cox and Tatiana Misolani have really, really great chemistry. Yeah, definitely. And there was a lot that happened in that episode. Like she really broke the fourth. Uh, she broke the fourth wall, and she goes, "Are we feeling this?" Like asking the audience, and everyone's yeah. like, uh, "Yeah, I mean, you're both lawyers. You know, you're doing good in life. You know, you're doing your thing. Why not?" And I thought it was. It was cool. And then that next scene is Daredevil doing the fucking walk of shame. I was dying. I was like, what the hell? He's he's got his he doesn't have his shoes on. He's got his head down. You know, he's just like, oh, you know, the lady's walking her dog. He walks right. He's like, oh, good morning. Yeah. Complete walk of shame. That was cracking me up. I mean, it was kind of funny, but at the same time, it's also like uh, that's that's I, I can see why some Daredevil fans would get worried about that whole thing but it it was what it was it was fine um and for even the, the- uh, for that og movie for the original one that 2003 because it was a marvel studios original one um it was jennifer garner and he only had one love so for the people who saw that movie see daredevil move on it's kind of a lot and they're like uh okay and then you know they had their goofs and season they, they kind of just accepted it and if they didn't it's whatever but yeah I mean, I think in this sense of like silly things happening with Daredevil, I think that's okay in the confines of this show only because it is more of a comedy element to it. Um, but I think the seriousness will come. And and for those who don't know, Daredevil's had plenty of different, um, you know, lovers and girlfriends, whatever. Like he, Elektra is the most famous one that everybody knows. Yeah. But he also dated Echo, uh, Maya Lopez, the deaf girl in, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, Hawkeye, who's now getting her own uh, Disney Plus series, uh, probably sometime next, I think might be releasing next year or so, I'm not sure, uh, if they haven't started filming already, but, you know, I, uh, I'm i very excited for, I mean, it only makes me more excited to see Daredevil when Daredevil Born Again happens. Um, I want to get your thoughts, though, Pat. What did you think of his uh, his suit, now that we've seen it like in full action in this episode? The gold at the top of the uh, the helmet, that skull, kind of threw me off because they hinted that I think it was episode five or six. I don't really remember which one, but I saw that and it was a full suit, and I was like, he's usually in like red and he's got a little bit of black. So the gold threw me off, but I was like, okay. And then he had he did have his grand entrance whenever she stopped the car and he just did his barrel. And- 
it was like super super cinematic and cool i was like oh he's back and then they had the music you know i got chills because i was like okay we're going somewhere with this show it's finally you know picking back up um the suit the suit i would give a nine out of ten just because the little bit of gold like you know you could have distributed that over putting it over the top of his face but that's my only that's me being picky that's all it is I didn't mind this. I thought at first, the first glance of the suit when we, you know, first getting to see the, with the teases and the pictures and the little trailers here and there, seeing it in the episode, it's going to take some getting used to because I'm, I'm so used to the, the original like Daredevil Netflix series mm-hmm. suit, but it's not a bad thing with the gold and red only because it is based off of like one of the very first classic Daredevil uh, costumes. Uh, for those who don't know, who don't know, I'm looking up. Just just look up the Daredevil uh, classic, like yellow and and red costume, because it that's what it's supposed to be emulating is that costume there. I personally no, prefer- I feel like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. Some people didn't know. Uh, like uh, it's I don't mind it, but I prefer the the Daredevil like the the OG Daredevil like that that from the show. Like I prefer that suit. You know, uh, I just feel like the gold may be a little bit too colorful. I mean, maybe they could have, maybe like make have a, like more of a darker shade. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I I think the suit may it could be. I think it's irrelevant personally compared to you know uh, what the show will bring because who knows? Knowing knowing Marvel and how they love to have different characters have different suits. I mean, look at Spider-Man in the MCU so far. Look how many fucking suits he has had. It is all to sell merchandise and toys. That's what it's all for. So, I guarantee you, when Daredevil Born Again happens, he will have some new suit. I I think so. I think maybe something happened to the old one and Luke made him a new one just because, who knows, maybe he wants to have multiple different suits. Who knows? But that's my personal opinion. I don't think the red and gold will be around forever. I think we'll kind of go back to that, you know, that classic Daredevil style. There's even a metallic-looking black and red one that was is my personal Daredevil suit. But I digress. Um, yeah, overall, I think the Daredevil and She-Hulk stuff was really, really good, and you know, definitely want to see more of them together. Um, but let's get into the the gala portion of the episode. Uh, we see that She-Hulk, you know, after she had, uh, you know. You know, had had Matt over, and he after he did the walk of shame. She's she's even saying to the camera like, "Oh, you guys are still here." I feel like that yeah, that's that's stinks. a like that's a pretty uh pretty satisfying conclusion of this episode. And then Nikki walks in, and they're the I love and I love the little references of uh, where she said like, you know, I mean, is there some kind of twist? Whether there be like some Red Hulk or other kind of Hulk S being, I'm like, ah, Red Hulk, I see what you're doing there. Uh, and then they go to the gala, and they are. Uh, we see Todd with her boss, and she's like, "Let's go to her." F-, and getting her family inside as much as she, fast as she could. And then every lo- every female lawyer there won Lawyer of the Year, to where eventually we saw this compilation video of people bashing She Hulk and Intelligentsia, maybe like sympathizers in the back, uh, you know, filming her. They showed like you know where she was fucking that dude Josh. And it goes on. And I think this is the most angry we've seen She-Hulk. Uh, this is the most we've ever seen uh, She-Hulk, Jen, lose control of She-Hulk. Um, I want to say with, with you, Pat, how do you, th- uh, where did this, at the end of this episode leave you? And does, how excited does it leave you for the final episode? Um, Like I, like you said, there's a lot going on with that whole, um, I felt her rage because the whole episode, it goes back to the main theme of, you know, women being suppressed and all that. So she wins female lawyer of the year. And I feel like that's what triggered not the final rage scene, because there's a lot that happened before that, but it, you know, it was like the icing on the cake. So she's here for this amazing award and she's surrounded by all these people. And they name her name and she stands up and she's so proud. And then they name every other woman there. And it's like, what? How are you just going to be like, oh, every girl here is going to win the this award and it doesn't really matter. And it was, um, it goes back to that whole thing. 
or towards the end of the episode, whenever they she's got the guns pointed at her. Maybe I'm skipping forward, but anyway, I feel like um, her rage, like the final bit of her rage, was sub- subconsciously triggered from that uh, award ceremony, that gala, because. She thought she was doing something special, and then she's standing around with twelve other people, and then she kind of sympathizes with them. But she, you know, she thought she was going to be there to be the winner, and they hinted that, and they told her she was going to be the, you know, lawyer of the year. So I get it. There was a lot of rage built, uh, a lot of rage built up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just another thing of you know. It it kind of felt like you know it's a little flatly like calling kind of falling flat where like you expected her to win and then oh everybody's gonna win it's I did like the little the little jab that Mallory gives to the to the girl who mm-hmm. when they ask her how's it feel to be a female lawyer and then they ask, she's like oh it's an it's such an honor being a female lawyer and then the girl Mallory goes it's working twice as hard getting half the pay only to stand up in here to say that uh, the men only. He, to stand up here and say it's an honor to be a female lawyer looking this girl straight in her face giving her the fucking death stare like just saying to the saying without saying have some fucking respect for yourself which it i thought goes was back to the whole thing i think i think they set it up to where i feel all these women were supposed you know in their head they thought hey i won this and then they have to stand up there with like 10 other people it's like, is an award really an award if you got a fucking share with everybody? It's like everybody getting a trophy at the it's end. It's a of participation it. trophy. Yeah, it's now. like it's it's like when you that's kid- what that trophy was. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're kids, that's one thing. But it's like no, like if you win an award because you were the fucking best, like if you win an award for being the best lawyer, it's because you were the best lawyer in the whole fuck in California, wherever the fuck you are, or if you win an award for you know. Uh, Best like I'll I'll give Aaron Judge uh, as an example in baseball. He just he just broke the record for most home runs uh, I believe in a seat in a season recently, uh, and then some people debate about the Barry Bonds thing. But like I think as a Yankee he broke that record sixty two home runs. Fucking awesome. I mean it's not like he did that because he was the, he was fucking hitting the ball and doing the best he could. It's not like you know you have to like fucking earn that it's like oh well you know what um uh you know what uh what's his name uh i can't fucking name i can't name baseball players the one person i i that comes to my mind is a player i hate because he's on the astros uh, uh jose altiva oh yeah you know what? we're gonna give him this too it's like he didn't fucking do anything so it's it's a cop-out really but that's that's one little jab. I do. I kind of. I do agree with you there. I think that's a nice little thing to pick up. Where like you feel like she's getting a little mad about it, but she has to keep her cool because she's like, I'm in this is a public place. I have. I have to There's speak. a split second. There's a split second whenever um she stands up after they call her name, and she's ready to walk up. Like her body motion transitions to where she's ready to collect the award, and then they name the next lady, and then the next one. And as they named the first one, she's like, what the fuck? They named the second one, her eye twitches. And I was like, yo, she's pissed. Like, yeah. I picked up on I picked up on that because I'd be like, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why am I even here for? How are you gonna give everybody else here an award? Why am I even here? I, I thought of a better example, uh, other than the sports thing. Uh, music is a better thing. If I let's say I'm up for uh, an award of like best uh guitar player in New Jersey, and there's like four or five other guys they named my name and then every other guy it's like it's like you said it's like why the fuck are you why are you even ask give you're treating us all again it's participation trophies a bunch of you know little kid bullshit but it's what best lawyer not best lawyers exactly if it was best lawyer you should have yeah should have plorified it anyway so then we like we mentioned you've seen the intelligentsia video uh, just seeing She-Hulk really Hulk out for the very few times in this show. Um, I don't want to harp on She-Hulk too much longer, but I will give my overall thoughts of how this show has been uh, progressed um, or, or lack thereof for your opinion. And in my opinion, if I haven't really stated already, I feel like this show has been, I think it has really tried to give a slow burning candle for the big villain, but so much of this show has felt filler to me 
there's been a few instances and a few episodes where I'm like, I enjoyed myself. Like, I really enjoyed the episode when Wong was trying to sue Donnie Blaze. Like, that was like my favorite episode up until this most recent one. But so much of this show has felt filler to me. I I don't really think they've done a good job with trying to tease the villain. I think like they in the teases themselves. Yes, but Todd is going to be the villain. I feel I feel like he was the one that was secretly there recording these videos, you know, doing all this stuff, and he's somehow gonna get her blood and become some type of Hulk, maybe Red Hulk. Who knows? But well, well Red Hulk does is is uh, that's that's like a whole gamma thing. But I don't know. Maybe in this because I feel like anything is possible at this point. Who knows? Anything is possible. That's my speculation. But Red Hulk is uh, from. That's Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, who I talked about last week. Uh, William Hurt played Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU, and he passed away earlier this year. He could be played by Harrison Ford, as the rumors are going around. Real br- briefly what that is that apparently an insider from the gentleman's name, I can't remember because I was reading the article as I was recording last week, uh, that Disney apparently, the rumor was that they wanted him to be Thunderbolt Ross in the Thunderbolts movie, but Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm shut that down because she didn't want that taking away from the Indiana Jones movie announcement. Lucasfilm does own Indiana Jones, so henceforth, you know. Um, But I do think Todd is for sure a member of the Intelligentsia. I think he's a member, maybe... Because if you think about it, he does kind of look like Timothy Blake, or Tim Blake, I think the the actor's name is, who played the the, the guy that... Uh, Edward Norton's Hulk Bruce Banner was talking to in the first in the MCU's first Hulk movie. He does look like he could be like his nephew or his son. Like he looks a lot like him. So maybe, just maybe, that's the leader's son or something or his no, but he's been around. He's been he's got a lot of screen time to just be he like, has. "Oh, this Yeah, there's a lot going on with Todd that you know, he's got a whole secret agenda and I think it's it's all about getting her blood so he can, you know, make a new Hulk or something. Something because be, because the the leader in in the first Hulk movie was in, in the MCU that is, he was obsessed with Bruce Banner's, Banner's blood because he thought it could help change the world and cure diseases. He replicated his blood. He had a whole lab full of Bruce Banner's blood, and in a little comic portion. Of in the MCU, this I believe this is canon. It's like what happens after we saw him because once the blood goes on his head, we don't know what happened to him up until this point. Uh, but apparently, Black Widow was not too far after that when Hulk is fighting Abomination in the in the Hulk movie. In this comic strip, it shows him like getting up and his brain is getting bigger, and he's like, "I've seen the future, and this is the future." Blah blah. blah. Shield takes him down, and then I believe they destroy the blood. So again, we've mentioned. Hulk, Bruce Banner, goes to is going to Sakaar to try and figure out what the hell the Sakaarians want. So the first thing he's going to want, that if it is indeed the leader or the intelligentsia, they're going to want She-Hulk's blood. You know, They're going to want her blood so they can form more Hulks or whatever the fuck they want to do. Um, I think, I hope the end game of this show pans out. Uh, I just think the journey wasn't all that great. Like, I will give WandaVision as an example. When I watched WandaVision... At least for me and and a lot of others, and like after like the second or third episode, well, I, well, I was liking the show in general because I love slow burning candles and little east hidden Easter eggs and things that are it's building to something big and it did in my opinion. Great storytelling. Yes, it builds as, up exactly as as a as a wrestling fan, I love long term storytelling and I'm okay with things going. Uh, you know, if it takes a few weeks or a few months in, in wrestling sense, that is. Uh, to really build a story between two different wrestlers and to b- go to a big crescendo where like this underdog good guy beats the the bad guy champion at, at WrestleMania or something. And I think WandaVision did a really good job with that in the hinting of like just the overall arc of the show of what's what was going on. Was Wanda secretly a villain? And she kind of was a villain when you look at it. And she eventually was a villain multi- villain multiverse of madness. But my point is, is that at, when the show was getting really, really good, I was just... It was like crack to me. I, I'm not kidding. Like I needed that episode of WandaVision the second I ended it. I was so hooked on the show. And I think that did a great job of long-term storytelling I've of heard, I've of heard building that a it. lot, to be honest. Yeah, so they, they really did a... It's, it's amazing storytelling. And 
this show She-Hulk, it's good, but it's it lacks that, you know, it lacks that like, oh, well, it's been two episodes. I'm kind of bored. Oh, there's a new episode I forgot because, you know, I've been doing this other thing because I'm not hooked on it. You know, I don't need it right away. When yeah, you need yeah. it right away, that's when you know it's like, dude, like I can't, you know, you're itching your neck. You're like, it's almost, it's almost like four hours till midnight and I can binge it. Like yeah, that it, kind of it, sense. It is that kind of show. It is that kind of show. Like I have such envy for people who just binged WandaVision and I have such sympathy for all of those who have, who watched WandaVision every single week because I mean, those of you who know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, or even, even still, it's like it, you, there is a show that all of us have watched at one point where we are just so hooked on it. Like we need to know what happens right away, whether that's like Game of Thrones, The Sopranos or whatever it is for you. There is that show for somebody out there. And it's really, that's what WandaVision did. And to me, She-Hulk has not done that. Uh, I think there's still potential for She-Hulk to do really great things. And if there's a second season, I think they need to get, I think they need to get better writers personally. Right. Right. Cause there's too much of a, there's too much of like a wait period where, you know, you get, you get bored. You're like, maybe I can go make some popcorn. Whereas like, you know, if it's sure you're hooked, you're like, I'm not going to make that. I don't need it right now. I need this show. I don't need yeah. distraction. Honestly, that, like yeah. that's the best way I can put it cuz it's like whenever you're hooked on something that's all you want. You don't care about anything else. For me like I mean I I hate to say it because I don't I don't hate the show and think it's horrible, but I there are elements that I don't like. I honestly have to say with the way things are going, I mean, you could change things in the end with the ending, but to me she-Hulk is bottom of the barrel uh, of Disney of Marvel Disney Plus shows. Like to me, it's it's probably the worst. I wouldn't go that far. I think that um, I think with this next episode, they're going to redeem themselves because the way it ends. I hope so. Because um, whenever she was training with Bruce, she goes, "It's he pretty much." I forget the quote, but broken down, it, it's pretty much it's all fun and games until everybody sees you as a monster. This yeah. episode ended with she literally caught the bad guy and then the good guys pointed guns at her mm-hmm. and Full the bad guy runs away. Yeah. And that was right after they named all these other feet. Like she, she, you know, you, at that point you feel defeated. You're like, what's the point? Like, so she's going to have this whole, I feel like she's going to have to have this whole arc where she discovers herself and she goes out and she's just like, I'm done. Like I'm going to be Hulk smash and a bad bitch and do my thing all at the same time because I don't care what anyone else thinks. Because whenever those video surfaces, whenever she's hooking up with uh, whoever or Matt, because they um, intelligentsia goes, and she's a slut. And then they play the videos. I'm like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be necessarily like, that's her private life, but it's put out there. And now she's no longer credible as human society. That- yeah, th- that's the thing. It's like, you know, she has every right yeah. to be angry, but it's like, it's the time and place and people are like, oh, look, look at her. And I really, that's a really great callback to like, you know, the the first episode where Bruce is trying to tell her like, it's full circle of, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen until you, everyone starts start feeling like, when everyone starts looking at you like a monster. And again, I think, I think from the beginning of the show, it had a good start. It's just the majority of the show has been filler. Uh, I hope the ending uh, goes well. Because I'll personally say, like, a show to me, I didn't watch it from week to week, but I binged, like, halfway through it was Miss Marvel. And in my opinion, I think Miss Marvel is one of the better start-to-finish, told, well-told stories of them trying to accomplish their goal in in the show. And uh, that's it's something I've said on record on this podcast before, but I really think something like that was a did a better job of the writing and the direction of what was it trying to do like the episodes didn't feel filler to me even even the filler episodes it felt like they had content yeah exactly like we're we are like okay there is something we're going to here there is something that we're working on and I'm like maybe I'm not hooked but I'm intrigued I'm curious you know and and it didn't disappoint but anyway um we need to move past she-hulk here and we need to start talking about black panther wakanda forever we got a we had a solid like over half hour with she-hulk there um so uh 
I kind of want to cap this at like 45 minutes, bad, but that's not going to happen, man. It's all good because okay. there, there's there's too, there's too much to talk about here with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, so um, we see this trailer, and honestly, this like I don't know which trailer I liked more, the first or this one, but both of them. I think like this is some of the best trailer work Marvel has done for a movie. Uh, the imagery in this trailer, everything we're seeing, like it's it looks, you know, there are beautiful things to see. There's sad things. There's there's incredible like visual sequences, especially with Namor in this trailer. Um, I do want to say though that there, uh, I was watching the new Rockstars trailer breakdown video. And when it shows the mural of T'Challa on the side of that uh, that building, I believe during his funeral uh, uh, service, which we saw the Wakandas appear to wear white instead of uh, white to celebrate a life rather than black to mourn a life. Uh, apparently, translated that all those writings is that the uh, the Panther King lives for uh, forever lives in us and rests with the ancestors. So. I want to get your thoughts on this trailer, Pat, and what are some things and maybe some theories you might have going into this movie of what we could see? What stood off was, first of all, the way they introduced it, and it was the Marvel Studios logo. Mm -hmm. They've been switching, like She-Hulk, they've been doing green. They've been switching around, you know, like the Marvel logo symbol for Black Panther. They did... um, it was black and gray and i think this is going to be a very emotional movie in a sense that that symbolizes a lot of loss and tragedy but going back to that whole funeral scene like they're dancing and um in the trailer like at the funeral everyone's got a smile on their face they're not necessarily celebrating death because in wakanda culture death is just a way to go forward so they're celebrating his life and they're not celebrating the end of his life. They're celebrating the passing on to something greater. The ancestral plane. And mm-hmm. and um, they had, um, they were holding his original helmet, mm-hmm. which I thought was super cool yeah. because it was before Shuri even like messed around and gave it upgrades or anything. It was the original Black Panther helmet in um, Avengers Civil War. And I thought that was super cool. Like, it's literally paying tribute to the OG. And it was just that the first initial seconds of the trailer immediately caught my attention. Obviously, yeah, the visuals there, you know, seeing the trailer, um, uh, the, 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 the helmet in the trailer. Um, you do see like Shuri has like a hood over her head and, and Queen Ramonda is trying to remain strong. You can tell she's obviously sad, but like, that is very much the vibe of like, you know, the beginning of the trailer is that you're not, they're not necessarily mourning the death. They are celebrating T'Challa's life. And, you know, there, as the trailer goes on, you appear to see more of like, um, of with, with Namor, uh, the Wakandans and the, uh, they're, I don't, they're not called Atlanteans in this movie. I think they're called something else, but there is a point where Umbaku is speaking with a lot of the Wakandans and they, he calls them, I think if I, I probably butchered what he said, but essentially is almost like uh, the fe- it's like flying feather. God, again, forgive me if I get my information wrong. I'm fucking tired. And it's like after 10 o'clock as we record this in the evening yeah, uh, on a Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, you got that. It was uh, the feathered God. So I, I was kind of I was kind of right. I'm not going to say his name either or whatever um, <laughs> Baku said because I'm also tired and I'll butcher it. <laughs> uh, but there was <laughs> but there was something Baku he was going about was um, they were saying that, you know, killing him could cause a bigger problem than they already currently have. And we saw that there was like appeared to be some flooding in the trailer and maybe Namor tried to flood Wakanda. And they had to uh, retreat up to the Jabari tribe up in the mountains to maybe for safety and maybe Namor attacked Wakanda. We we see so much in this and that um, that 
Namor, we see like his uh, he's half human and half Atlantean. So like, his father was, I believe, a sailor in the comics, and then his mother is Atlantean in the comics. Uh, so he has like these little uh, wings on his on his ankles. You see him like his birth, but you also see them in a, as a full fledged adult. That's why you know the Atlanteans, or I'm just gonna call them Atlantics. I can't remember what they're actually called in the movie. Uh, Atlant, the Atlanteans in the trailer are blue, whereas Namor is, you know, he's a normal, uh, you know, tan skin color, uh, because again, half human, half mutant, and the actor did. And conf- he can breathe. He can breathe outside of land in the trailer. Everyone else needed masks. He can just walk up to you know the land, and he was fine. Everyone else had that oxygen tank type deal. Or yes, a water tank. Yes, that is true. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Namor in the trailer, Pat? I think they did a great job. Um, it's very hard because it, it shouldn't make sense that you know it's going to sell the way it's going to sell. So first of all, Ryan Coogler, the original director of Black Panther, is directing this, yes. and if I were him and they told me this is going to be the main protagonist, I'd be like, what? He has little little wings at the bottom of his feet and he flies around like Olympus. How are we going to make this guy cool? He did just that in the trailer. Whenever he rises down and, you know, Wakanda, the, the, the Wakandan city skyline is in the background. Did you mean, I don't mean to cut and, you off, but did you mean antagonist? Because you said protagonist. Unless I'm Oh, my bad. Anta- antagonist. My bad. Yeah, it's Sorry. all good. Okay. That's, continue. Oops. Totally forgot my English. You know, it's been a minute since I was in high school, but yeah. Bro, it's late, man. <laughs> We're doing the shit. We're fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, I thought it was cool as hell. I'm like, it's so hard to make someone that looks like this cool. And then he comes in flying, and he doesn't have wings or nothing. He's got little little wings at the at, at the ankles of his feet, you know, like Olympus, like the uh, Greek god and all that. So almost I like her, that was like cool. Her, that, almost like Hermes. Yeah, Hermes. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's who I meant. Not Olympus. Hermes. And he was doing that, and you know, I think. Um, what do I have for him? I think he's just. Uh, it's going to be intriguing because, uh, it ties. It goes back to that whole like power, and it's all about who has power in this sense. And it reminds me of uh, that Game of Thrones type deal, where it's everybody has an iron throne that they sit on. This guy had his own that he sat on. The Wakandans have their own. It seems like they have their own um, energy source. It could be vibranium, or maybe they both share it, but that could be the conflict conflict of interest. But they both, um, it, it, it seems like a, like a medieval feud, essentially, between land and sea. And maybe one side is sick of the other, and the other vice versa, because Mbaku does say that. So, I mean, I think I think he's going to be a really cool twist on a bad guy because he's going to have he's going to be a killmonger type bad guy where he's got his motives where you understand him. But he's still the bad guy, but he's kind of a good guy. That kind of deal. I still think a, a lot of the conspiracy in the in the trailer that I even the actor who plays um, Namor, and I, I can't remember the individual's name, but he even says that he feels like more of an anti-hero than an, and an antagonist than a villain. And I think what you're saying here, agreed to, you kind of will feel sympathy and understand. Some of the things that I've read and I've heard about is that apparently Namor is is not happy about when T'Challa, you know, revealed about Wakandan's resource Wakanda's resources and how they're they're the richest country in the world but in secret you know uh and that it could not only leave uh, danger to Wakanda but potentially danger to uh, I, I will say the world yeah his civilization you know because we saw on his throne in the trailer that appeared like like a shark t- uh, uh mouth with Shark and the shark teeth inside looked like vibranium. So maybe the Atlanteans have vibranium as well, and they may not have a whole lot of it, and they may need to protect uh, where they're coming from. Or maybe they're just like they want to take the vibranium from Wakanda. Who knows? Um, I think that there there is so much going on here that 
you know, you could even theorize. I, I still think there there is someone That's, playing the Wakandans and the Atlanteans in this movie. Was it was it an end credit scene when um uh, General Cordia says it's an underwater uh, it's an underwater uh, earthquake. We we should take care of it ASAP, and then they just kind of dismiss it. No, what it was, I know what you're talking about here. It's it's in Endgame. It's when uh, Black Widow is talking to Okoye, uh, War Machine, Captain Marvel, and Rocket, I believe, are the people that he's talking. Uh, she's talking to, and you know, talking about an earthquake in the middle of the ocean. And Black Widow asked Okoye, "How do we handle it?" And she goes, "Nat, it's an earthquake in the middle of the ocean. We handle it by not handling it." So that was like the earliest. So one of the well, actually. It was one of the more recent teases of Namor before this movie came out. And the earliest tease was in Iron Man 2 when you're seeing Tony Stark waiting for Nick Fury in that little room about him trying to get him of, uh, you know, him wanting to be in the Avengers. And then he he gets declined. Uh, There's like these dots appearing on a map. And one of them was in the middle of the ocean, supposedly uh, tracking superhuman uh, life forms. But... That is definitely something a reference to Atlantis and to Namor and everything. And other theories going around right. is that it's possible that maybe T'Challa and Namor had a past in a sense of that they were adversaries, but like respected adversaries, you know? Similar to like uh, Umbaku and T'Challa in the beginning of Black Panther, to where they were kind of rivals and adversaries, not necessarily enemies, but eventually become, you know, uh, you know, good friends and yeah. brothers. And I believe Namor has that in the movie. Uh, there is another character who's individual. I, I, I can't remember, but he is a, one of the Atlanteans and he actually goes after uh, Nkoye on a bridge, I think in Chicago, where she theoretically would be uh, holding up or, or, or picking up Riri Williams, Ironheart, which we'll get to in a little bit too, as much as we can. Um, so even like showing like any source of water is very dangerous for the Wakandans to be around because the Atlanteans could come at any point and attack them. So that is referencing to what M'Baku was saying that if we kill him, it could mean something much worse because Namor's right hand man could be unhinged and he could be way worse than what Namor is. And Namor could just honestly be a blessing in disguise. And he could have a, he could have a whole following. Yeah, exactly. If you, yeah, if you take their leader off, now you're in jeopardy because now you can get invaded with that flooding of Wakanda. Why is all this water running through the cities? Don't make no sense. Yeah, exactly. But the big thing in this trailer that everybody is talking about, and some people are kind of straight up complaining about, but we'll get to that in a second. At the end of the trailer, we see the full, the brand new Black Panther all in this suit, and what we Ooh. see is for sure a female. Now, I am shocked that they showed like this image in the trailer. Like that is like the money shot for the movie. Like that mm-hmm. when I talk about the like for the movies, like I'm talking about like when you know the three Spider Mans are together on the Statue spoiler. of Liberty. You know, yeah. or or like when Cap says Avengers grabs Mjolnir assemble and all these characters you've seen in the past 10, 11 years all together in one uh, one thing. They put all, the money shot in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy to think that. But there's also I watched in that trailer breakdown from New Rockstars that apparently maybe there could possibly be two or multiple Black Panther suits being made. I wouldn't go against it because there's one part where Namor's like using his spear to like hit somebody and you see a Black Panther suit in the background very briefly. It's similar to the Black Panther helmet that's shown in the in the trailer, but because of the imagery and how fast the CGI is moving, it, it may or may not be. But the everyone keeps saying that oh they spoiled it. Shuri's for sure the Black Panther. They have not officially said this, okay? It's kind of just like it's kind of like, yeah, we kind of know it's probably, it's more than likely going to be Shuri. But don't, you don't know anything until the the movie comes out. And, and I will say this, and again, going back to wrestling real quickly. Um, CM Punk, who these days is not really well liked in pro wrestling, and that's, and that's my, you can listen to my wrestling podcast to why he's not well liked at the moment. But a year ago, there was this big show being teased in Chicago 
Um, not much is going on other than it was happening in CM Punk's hometown, Chicago. Um, there were teases of CM Punk being in this show. It's like the worst kept secret. It's like it's designed to be that way. So everyone who bought a t- they sold out this building in Chicago. And then when CM Punk made his debut, nobody knew unless you read like dirt sheet things and reports and everything. It was never announced. And he came out and he made his return to wrestling for the first time in like, I think, seven, eight years. This is a similar thing with Shuri in the sense that we probably know it's going to be Shuri under that Black Panther suit. But we don't know for sure. We knew there was going to be a new Black Panther at the end of the first teaser trailer. But we still don't know for sure who it's going to be. For me, it's uh, it's a hundred. I feel like the trailer, the ending part of it, 100% confirmed it's going to be her. Because like we said, it was the money shot. So her new suit has the same exact facial prints that she wore. Yes, her she unique, does. Yes. And if someone else, you know, is under that suit, they stole her design. But this was the kicker. So that remember in the first Black Panther movie, whenever he goes, I never freeze. And he shoots out the spaceship. And yeah. He crosses his arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he crosses his arms, does a front flip and goes into a superhero landing. It's the same exact sequence that Shuri does that I, I'm, I'm saying Shuri because I'm 100% sure it's going to be her. Does the same sequence her older brother does. And then in the background as she's landing, it's her mother in the background going, uh, her quote, show them who we are. And I'm like, it, that can't be for Nakia. It can't be for any other. It can't be for Okoye. It can't, it's for Shuri. So I feel like in the sense they a thousand per, or not a thousand percent but a hundred percent confirmed which is the same thing confirmed <laughs> it's going to be shuri so i don't see anybody else but shuri being the new black panther and, and, and I, she's don't, I don't either in yeah yeah it, it makes sense because when you look at the storyline wise when you look at the uh like the 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 royal lineage yes she would be the next in line to take on the mantle of black panther you know um, and there's also theories about her possibly restoring, synthetically restoring the heart-shaped herb. A very out-there theory about apparently how she would go restore the heart-shaped herb, go into the ancestral plane, and somehow resurrect Killmonger. I don't know how that is. That's just a very brief thing I heard about at the end of the this trailer breakdown. Um, I think that's a huge stretch to bring back Michael B. Yeah. to bring back Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger from at least from this universe. I mean, could we see Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger in another universe? Well, we have in What If. We have Me. seen we've seen Killmonger in another universe from What If, but could we see him in another universe later in the MCU in a live action form? Who knows? Maybe. We we don't know yet. But yes, I agree with you that I think the new Black Panther is going to be Shuri. It's been r- rumored for That's such a long time. Fans want it so badly because it would be, it would, it just makes sense. But at the same time, I'm just saying to those people who are saying, oh, they spoiled it. That's Shuri. I'm like, you, we don't know. Like it ha- they didn't flat out say, Hey, Shuri's the new Black Panther. They're not flat out saying it, it again. It's designed to be the worst kept secret yeah. because you want to go see, see it. it. You want to? Go, it's it. exactly like I, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah. It was designed Wait, to I be the worst kept secret. Coogler. Ryan Coogler is directing this movie, and he will not disappoint. Oh, absolutely if he not. Wants to show, if he wants to show a big part of the movie, and you are like, "Oh, you spoiled the entire movie," that means something bigger is going to happen. He's like, "Oh, you thought I spoiled the movie?" I'm like, "Nah, nah, nah. This is just me dipping my feet in the water. That kind of energy." And then back to that whole like her being uh, the new Black Panther is whenever she lands, uh, her feet glow purple and it's her new suit gathering energy. And that's yes. her technology. Yes, it is. Like it's Yeah, so it's 100% confirmed. It's Shuri. And for the people saying it's giving away too much, which I felt, I, I, I wasn't surprised. So I didn't think it spoiled anything. And for the people who know like the whole Black Panther lore, they're not surprised. So... Um, I think something bigger is going to happen whenever she gets revealed. Like, you're going to be like, wow, this is that, hey, I cashed a hand. The, you know, the climax. And then, like, a minute, you know, 10 minutes later, something bigger happens and you're, like, blown away. I feel like that's where the movie's going to head. I agree with that. And I think... 
going back to Spider-Man No Way Home real quickly, like a lot of people, myself included, felt like they were going a little too nuts with the TV spots and, you know, all this other stuff you're seeing. But when you, like for those of you who have seen Spider-Man No Way Home and remember the hype for the movie when it was coming out, when you saw all of those trailers and all the, the trailers, TV spots, whatever, that is only a portion of what the movie really is. And the spoilers that are in the movie, like when you actually go see it, it's like, yeah, that that the, the trailer like may have just touched upon maybe like the first half hour less than that, maybe the first 20 minutes of this movie. With the exception of like you know the big the big last battle scene where the other Spider Men were edited out, but I feel like that's what's happening with the Black Panther trailer here. Like they're showing you stuff to get hyped, and you can think, oh, they're spoiling the movie or whatever the, whatever the case may be. But I think something big is going to happen where it's going to blow our fucking minds, just like it did with, with all these other movies. Marvel knows what they're doing, and I think this one's going to be a a box office smash. And a huge just, hit. We're just gonna lead up to um that next reveal. There's gonna be multiple big heroes revealed in this one. It's gonna be Shuri as Black Panther, and we can go on to Ironheart. Yeah, and Ironheart, and I know we didn't get talk much about her, but Riri Williams, Ironheart is another character. She got some good shine in this movie. Uh, this movie, I'm sure she will get shine in this movie, but in this in this uh, this trailer here, um, she got shine in the trailer. Yeah, she's in a she's in a she's in an iron suit. She's in the iron heart, in, in her iron heart suit. Like I believe she's fu- making a fully functional iron heart suit once she's in Wakanda and you know using vibranium to her advantage to make a suit. It's this movie is going to be so fun. I I still think there she's is one of the smartest humans in the world, and she's yep. only fifteen or sixteen. An iron iron, uh, iron man. She was she's in MIT. Like yeah, like and uh, you know. D- uh, Rob, Rob, yeah, yeah. Iron Man, Tony Stark. He had a huge, made a huge fun for students at MIT in uh, Captain America: Civil War. And Riri Williams is so smart that she's a young, like you said, 15, 16 years old. She's in, she's in MIT. She's in college. She and built she, like a prototype Iron Man suit that was fully functional when she was fifteen. Yeah, she's a brilliant character. She's going to be getting her own series later on in in the MCU. I think bringing her into Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a great way to introduce her. Uh, yeah, I am just really, really excited for this for this trailer, uh, for this trailer, for this movie, man. I it, the the time is getting to me. November 11th uh, cannot come sooner enough. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. This is a, this is a movie. It was like you got to be there opening opening weekend. Like if you don't want to, if you want to avoid spoilers, like you should just go the Thursday night. I already got my tickets reserved in IMAX in a good seat, and I'm okay. like. I should have bought the Sega Six to me because I don't want people fucking around and shit. I should have rented out the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. A good point, man. I still gotta get I my tickets. I got it like that. I don't got it like that. If I did, I definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> well, this ain't COVID times neither, where like you could rent out an entire movie theater <laughs> for things. But like for, the for like price a- of fifteen seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Better times, darker times. Who knows? Things were cheap. Things were a lot cheaper. Anyway, <laughs> there was always a silver lining. Yeah, that's cheaper. There was never any traffic. No, not a, not traffic at all. Anyway, man, uh, I'm gonna cap it off here. Uh, I'm sure we'll have. I definitely will want you to have you back when, as the days get closer for Black Panther, to give some final thoughts and analysis of what we think is gonna happen in the movie. Uh, thanks so much, man, for coming on the podcast. Uh, always much appreciated. Thank you. So- Having me, it's a pleasure as always. I love doing this. We Great love night. We love having good you talking. on, man. Of course. Yeah, love. Yeah. Hope the people hearing have a good time. And if you're sick of my voice, uh, I'll be back soon. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Handle it. <laughs> Deal, Deal with, with it. it. <laughs> Unison. Uh, thanks. My di- no, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> a Vinny would say that for sure. Yeah, I would have finished it, but you know, I don't want to get canceled. I just—it's—it's like, it's like my fourth episode. Yeah, well, none of people listen to this for us to be canceled. But maybe, <laughs> but, may, but maybe someday we'll we'll have enough people in here to be canceled. <laughs> we'll get a notification and, next week. You guys are officially canceled. Ah, uh, shit. Well, it was, we had a good run. Anyway, uh, thanks so much we'll for listening. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. Uh, if you like what you heard and you made it this far, uh, thanks so much for listening. If you're a first-time listener, you can follow us on Instagram at fanspeculation underscore pod or fanspeculation. That's all one word, no spaces there on Twitter. Uh, like If you like what you heard with the podcast app, please be sure to be following us, subscribed, uh, leaving five-star reviews on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you can write a review, please write a review. Five-star review, it really helps with the uh, the the rev well whatever we could help make revenue to do other things for this podcast. Uh, thank you so much. We need uh, paid. Yeah, help us get paid. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if are you excited for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? I'm sure you are, just as much as me and Pat are. Uh, what do you think about She Hulk so far? Do you think they're going to stick the landing with the show? Hopefully they do. Uh, let us know all your thoughts on social media at Fan Speculation underscore on Instagram and Fan Speculation all on one word on Twitter. So for CJ Palmasano, Patrick Crono. Thank you so much. Gang bang. God damn it. (laughs) Thank you. Eh, fuck it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. The Kang Gang Bang.